uh, good morning, good afternoon, uh, good evening, depending on, like always, who's listening and when you're listening. This is episode 18 on the glory in our stories. Uh, just to warn you, you will be hearing random noises in the background. We are outside sitting at the amphitheater at Augusta University. Um, it's kind of chilly out here, but... We'll have to, We're yeah. thugs. We got it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too light skinned. <laughs> I'm thugging that for both of us. <laughs> but uh, the other person that is uh, snickling, as what other <laughs> people would call it, uh, is the awesome, cool uh, Crystal. Oh, that's Valentine. a really high compliment. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, I can't. Um, I don't think an hour is enough for me to talk uh, as far as appreciation for. Not just your work, but you just being who you are. Oh my God, that's so sweet. What like, is this? <laughs> I'm dead. I'm learning as I get older. Yeah. It's nice to meet somebody who's genuinely authentic. Oh. And I'm trying to put up a front. That makes me happy to hear. So uh, that's that's pretty cool. If I wasn't a thug, I would cry. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but we've just got through uh, going on a 40-minute adventure yeah goose chase trying to find a place to uh to interview yeah so um i usually get a room at the uh, study room at the reese library but they play this for a fool yeah <laughs> it's okay don't look so sad man and when you have to use the bathroom <laughs> i you... st- i just realized that i, I never went to pee because i couldn't get in <laughs> so you just sucked it back <laughs> i guess i don't have to go anymore so i guess Oh, man. Well, we will continue. <laughs> we will continue. Um, first of all, thank you, uh, Crystal, for, for me. agreeing to be on the podcast. Yes. Um, I heard your uh, your um, the experience. You posted on your uh, podcast. Your experience yeah, I only did like two episodes because I completely forgot about it after that. But yeah. Man. That was, well, I forgot where. I think I was at work. Oh, and I Lord. I was just laughing. Because <laughs> <'Cause laughs> that's not the best thing to listen to at work. Because <laughs> where I sit, yeah. Um, I sit like in a, like a cubicle. Yeah. Uh, like Me a too. Booth. So when I'm giggling and it's quiet, people are like, what is he laughing at? <laughs> right. So, <laughs> like, is he talking to himself? <laughs> <laughs> but like, as you know, when you're in a, such a small space and you have a creative mind, having boundaries, uh, figuratively and uh, literally, and literally, it's it's constraining. It is, and uh, it's it causes you to want to break out of it in any way possible. So when you do, yeah. people think that you're weird, or that you're crazy. I mean, I am weird, but <laughs> <laughs> and that's and I, and it took me a while for me to accept that. <laughs> so for you to accept that I'm weird. Well, no. <laughs> that's you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, <laughs> well, I I knew you were eventually. Thank you. Oh no problem, because I I was I yeah. definitely was, especially back in high school. Same. So, like that, I don't remember much from high school. It was like a move of blur. Because <laughs> no, it's not. It is not. And because a lot of people were living their own lives. Yeah. You had your typical cliques, um, like the jocks, Nerds. pretty pretty girls, the pretty guys. Yeah. I was uh, in there. Um, the experimental groups, like you knew. What is that? Like I didn't, I didn't know much about uh, 
uh, homosexuality. Oh, okay. So that was like, I'm not saying names, but that was this particular <laughs> girl. There was this thing called the, the Rainbow Click. You ever heard about that? Absolutely not. Yeah. It was like a group of... A Is this group, at your school or yeah. like in general? Well, I thought it was in general. I think that was just <laughs> your school. <laughs> I've never heard of that before. Yeah, like it was a group of, of females that were, um, I guess, made it upon, took it upon themselves as the life mission to turn other females out. Yeah, so they succeeded sometimes. That's very, I mean, that's a really ambitious life goal, so I salute them for their ambition, but yeah. kind of, um, <laughs> they had a success interesting. rate. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, interesting life goal to pick out for yourself there. Yeah, but aside from that, we're not here to talk about uh, stuff of that nature. Um, we're here to talk about <laughs> you. Yes, one of my favorite things to talk about. I'm just kidding. Uh -huh. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I just had my dad is. Because um, I, I tell people all the time when I when I have an opportunity, you can tell a lot about somebody within the first five minutes really? of speaking to them. And when I I first saw you, when I saw you, I was you were taking a class. Is this gonna be embarrassing? No, no, okay. no. no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It was uh, it was you were taking a class with Slatky. Oh my God, I remember Slatky. He was cool. He yes. was he was weird. Yeah. But he was cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very. And he was the first professor that I had that listening to him, he would say, you go over here to get this. And you go down here. You go back this way. And then you go up. You go inside. You go out to come back to here. And like like geographically? Like directionally wise? Or like figuratively? Like figuratively. Like I was going to say, he would say some really weird shit. Yeah. Like one time he, he was talking about how time is like made up by man. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> this has nothing to do with things fall apart. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it was, it was, I guess it was relevant to him. But there's a lot uh, of things that are relevant to him. It was like... Okay. I noticed that. And then he would he would always he would come back to the piece of literature or whatever that we're discussing. Yeah. But then he would go somewhere while he's there and then come back. And I'm like, okay, he's back now. So we're we're good. Yeah, but uh, like what was all that in the yeah. middle? It just it never made sense. Uh -uh, it didn't. <laughs> it was never relevant. <laughs> did he did he ever do the uh the story about uh him when he used to play baseball? No. I don't think so. He was uh, he was introducing himself to the class, and he was talking about how he was. What's the word when you're left-handed and right-handed? Ambidextrous. Yes. Yes. And English major background. Whoop whoop. <laughs> what did you say? You said majorette band. No, English major background. Oh, I thought you said like Oh yeah. <laughs> I have no rhythm. Just throwing that out there. He uh, and the first the first time I heard about that was uh, Chipper Jones. Who is that? He's a baseball player. He play play for the Braves. Is his real name Chipper? Yeah. yeah. Like his parents named him Chipper. Mm -hmm. Like that was that was the name that he, he had on a baseball card. Is Chipper he, Jones. Is he okay? I think he is. I hope he is. <laughs> I hope he is. He was he was pretty cool and he was typical, you know, typical guy from the South maybe. Yeah. Uh, but he. He was a switch. I, could, I think they call it a switch hitter. He would hit. He would switch. He would hit on his right side, and then he would hit on his left. Mm. That was the first time I ever seen something like that. Mm. Um, so cool. I didn't. I never knew the term for it. So when I wished it, uh, looked it up, I always had a hard time pronouncing it. Yeah. So what is it again? Ambidextrous. Ambidextrous. Yes. Ambidextrous. 
Eric, you're close enough. He was throwing markers into a trash can. Slack key? Yeah. It sounds like something he would do. And it's funny because he was hitting every one of them. He had like five markers. Then he said, (laughs) (laughs) he said, I broke my right arm. So I had to start pitching with my left. So he started throwing markers. This is way across the room. And he's hitting them every, like every single one of them. Damn, that'd be really useful for like some evil shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> everyone to attack somebody from afar. Man, man, he could be an assassin. He missed his calling. <laughs> <laughs> it was surprising me. He was always fit, right? And he looks. But he was like extra old, but still yeah. swole. He was like Hulk Hogan swole. Yeah. Yeah. But like old, like beyond Morgan Freeman, right? So to speak. I don't know. Morgan Freeman's immortal, so I don't think he's like. He a probably kid. is. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't recall any photo of him when he was younger he was probably born at like 50 years old and then he just stayed that age forever <laughs> he had that what that middle benjamin button <laughs> <laughs> he just came out the womb with gray hair and a full beard like what's up mom and that and that iconic voice that yeah he just he can just read like the the label off of cheerios <laughs> It sounds so cool. This is going to be really embarrassing, but when I was little, I thought him and Nelson Mandela were the same person because oh. he played Nelson Mandela in the movie. And nobody corrected me. My mom just <laughs> let it fly. <laughs> so how long was he met Nelson Mandela in your head? Until I was, like, in high school. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, I mean, he's he's he seems like he's just as influential. So. Yeah. I, I He's could, definitely iconic. I, I'll back you up on that. Thank if you. If you still want to believe that. I'm, I'm, I'm good, but this, thanks for the support. <laughs> I would I would definitely, definitely say I agree with that. <laughs> um, but since we'll go ahead and get started, um, where were you, my first question would be, where were you born? I, I have a personal feeling you weren't from here. No! Yes, I am. Really? <laughs> yes, I get that all the time, though. Wow. Where would you think I was? Not here. I get that somewhere, all the time. Somewhere else. No, I was born and raised in Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> I actually had made a Facebook post about that because I work at a um, call center, right? Mm-hmm. And I was getting real tired of people calling in telling me I don't sound like I'm from Georgia. So I made a post about it. I'm about to read it. You ready? Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> getting real sick and tired of the northerners calling this call center telling me I don't sound like a Georgia girl, quotation marks. Mm. Number one, I'm from the hood, sis. Number two, this is my customer service voice. You will never know the real me with my how may I assist you head ass. And number mm. three, only people who have never been to Georgia would think everybody in Georgia talks like they ride a magical bale of hay to work every day and darn toot and honky tonk, sonny boy. Oh, wow. Yeah, I felt some type of way. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... You don't feel like you have an, an accent, a southern accent. I think I have a, stu- a, a southern, I can't English, a standard <laughs> English accent. Mm-hmm. But I've heard people ask me if I'm from California or if I'm from New York. And I've honestly never been above the southern United States. I've been outside the country, but never mm-hmm. anywhere else up in here, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Somebody said that, uh, I didn't realize I said this. When I say bed, I say bed. <laughs> and, I, and it sounds so natural to me. Yeah. But I'm because in my mind I used to think, well, because I back in the day I, I didn't articulate myself very well, so I didn't know how I really sounded. Really? Yeah. And even now, when I try to enunciate, it's still Hard. southern. And <laughs> I, from the outside, people make uh, make it seem as if being southern 
and having a southern accent it's is bad. a sign of ignorance. Yeah. And it's not because I've listened to some very highly educated people who would even recite work with a southern accent and it just sounds so well because yeah. it's actually what they're saying that's mostly important. Some of the most iconic um, writers and stuff of our time are from the South, too. Like Flannery O'Connor, mm -hmm. she was Southern. Yeah. Yeah, her work is pretty good. A little creepy, but. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. So, um, so what part of Georgia? Augusta. What part of Augusta? South Augusta. I'm from the hood. I'm <laughs> <laughs> from the cut. <laughs> so what, what was your, do you have any siblings or? Um, I actually had a really like non-traditional upbringing mm -hmm. in that I didn't have like a nuclear family. Yeah. Um, a mom and dad in one house like that. Like my dad wasn't in my life at all growing up and I ran into him when I was like, I think 20, like completely by chance in a family dollar parking lot. And he didn't recognize me, but I recognized him. And that, wow. and like from that point forward, we like started trying to build our relationship, and we're still trying to like you know yeah. build some kind of relationship. <clears throat> but I was raised with my mom, my two aunts, my maternal grandparents, and then three cousins, all in one house. Wow. Yeah. So technically, I'm an only child by blood, but since we were raised up together, it's kind of like we're siblings. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, there are times you wish you had like an older brother. No, I, think I'm, I think I'm good. <laughs> I think they gave me everything I needed as far as um like playmates growing up and me and me and one of my cousins are pretty we're pretty close. I call her my sister because we, we're pretty much the same. Like we act the same. We relate to each other on a lot of the same things. We have the same hobbies. So yeah, yeah. So uh, so you don't have that. I guess what people call a typical only child mentality. Nah, nah. Like you just have I that mean, right before you I was finish. extra spoiled still, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I still spoil myself. <laughs> but you but. you don't um I don't know, it's like you don't come off that way. Really? Sense. Yeah. Like I I've I've met some very self absorbed people. Yeah. Who probably aren't aware. Mm. But it's just you come off as a person that you can actually be anywhere and carry on a conversation with anyone. Yeah, I wouldn't think I'm self-absorbed, but like if I see something and I want it, I'm gonna buy it, <laughs> <laughs> even if it's not within my means. Cause like I, I was used to getting my way from my mom when I was little, so yeah. now I get my way from myself. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I would, I would, I went to a Jill Scott concert and she was Ooh. talking about she was she was singing because she was promoting uh, was it a woman. I think it was a woman. Her uh, album maybe hmm. from 2015. Oh, I didn't know she had one that recent. Yeah, like it's 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 really good, mm. really good. But she was saying, I'm telling y'all, man, it been times where it was really hard. I had to choose between a pair of shoes and a light bill. That's me. That's me. I'll be <laughs> like, okay, if I get these shoes, I probably won't be able to eat nothing but ramen noodles for the next week. Yeah. I'm gonna get these shoes. Like I still get them. <laughs> and, I, and, and it's funny because I'm just now starting to understand that concept. Really? I was yeah. I was telling somebody yesterday, for the first time, I bought some some Jordans a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Maybe about a couple of months ago. But I found them in a consignment store. Oh, nice. And I have this home personal opinion about Jordan in general. But I was like, these shoes are not two hundred dollars. They're like one hundredth its yeah. price yeah so i was like these are pretty nice so and it's stuff like that where i do have to decide okay do i want to get this or do i want to you know be an adult <laughs> but the child in me say hey man you're an adult you can do whatever you want 
Right. So That's like, my problem. If you do, if you make this decision, you got to deal with the consequences. Yeah. But. I mean, if you're willing to do that, you know, I'm for it. <laughs> you know, that's the child in the That's why I've been talking to myself, too. <laughs> so, like, man, if you, hey, that's you, but, you know, if it was me, you know, I, I yeah. get it. So, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I guess uh, being the, the youngest, something like I was, I know I'm the youngest. Oh. But uh, the mindset between the youngest and the oldest is obviously different. So, Did your parents, like, do everything for you? Surprisingly, no. Really? Yeah. Like, That's how my youngest cousin was. He didn't have to do anything, like, at all. Like what? <laughs> he didn't have to do literally anything. He, I don't even think he had to do chores. Like, Man. The others, would, the others and me would do everything. So he just sat there and... Yeah, and he was the only boy, too, so I think that was kind of oh, how Oh, yeah, it that'll was. do it, yeah. Yeah. That'll do it. So. Yeah. That comes with its own, own privileges. <laughs> A lot of... So I'm pretty certain that there were a lot of things going on from knowing, from just being a boy yeah. that he didn't understand. and did, But did he eventually learn? Obviously, he did learn later. Or, well, how was that process I for mean, him? I think, I think he learned that. I don't think he still knows how to cook, but I'm pretty sure he can, like, sweep a room now. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, uh, so where did you go to, to school, middle school, high school? Oh, God. Middle school, I went to Tupman um, for one year. And then we moved out the hood into the suburbs in like this old bougie white people neighborhood. And I went mm-hmm. to Seagull, which is still a pretty bad school, but it was a <laughs> better than Tupman. And then high school, I went to A.R. Johnson. And then I went to AU for college, so. Oh, cool. Yeah. I started out as a um, biology major, because um, you know, A.R. Johnson's like health science and engineering magnet school. Mm-hmm. But I did like a whole bunch of internships in high school. And then one of them was in a hospital on the post-surgery ward. And that's when I was like, this is definitely not what I want to do with my life forever. Yeah. So when I got to college, that's when I made the switch to follow my passion and do English instead of like going after the money and doing biology. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was into anatomy too, but it wasn't like my passion like English is. Now, do you find yourself infused in the two? as far as writing and science? Um, a lot of my poems have like really visceral Im- imagery um, with word choice and I do like reference body parts and like muscles and bones a lot, but mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's about it, yeah. I th- but I think it is interesting that you brought that up because I wanted to make that connection myself. Because <laughs> I had a friend that was an artist. Uh-huh. But she was a science major, but she, she loved art. Mm-hmm. You can tell by her pieces. Yeah. And even now, she's fully pursuing art. And I, I applaud anybody that does, especially if you have a spouse that's willing to go along with you and say, hey, if this is what you want to do, yeah. go ahead and do it. Yeah. Uh, but you can see she does a lot of uh, skeletal, uh, circulatory, um, like aspects of the circulatory system. Every aspect of her work not only captures that, but it captures her culture because she's Middle Eastern. That's so cool. So you see. She has that, a whole bunch of things going yeah, exactly. on. Exactly. Right? And I'm like, yo, there's so much in your work. And it's not just uh, your intention, but it's just like what's visually there, and it just has so many layers. And I always am pretty amazed <coughs> by people who, like, you go into school with an initial different uh, major. Really? And then you're like, you know what, I really want to do what I want to do, but I'm Thank always you. figured that you all combine them in some way. That's really cool. I guess I unintentionally do combine them. So, um, so what got you into writing? Ooh, um, this is gonna sound really corny, but like in my opinion, words are like the like the threads that make up the fabric of the universe in a way. Yeah. 
like words can kind of even change fate like when you really think about it all the important stuff that ever happened in life was like solidified with words like the bible yeah. all words declaration of independence all words u.s constitution all words so for me like writing is kind of a way to like put my voice out there in the universe and maybe impact someone else with my words yeah. like i know for me personally when i read like a really good poem or a really good book or even something nonfiction, it can change like my thought process on in general or even on like a specific thing yeah. and um besides like expressing yourself is also a way for me to make the human experience seem a little bit less lonely like everybody can attest to feelings of like sadness or pain or or happiness or love or anything that i put into my writing so it's kind of like a way to like I don't know, relatability between me and the audience and like humanity in general, as corny as that sounds. Yeah. And also a way to express myself. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever have you ever feared that you would get some backlash for you writing something the way that you do? Uh, do you I ever mean, keep I, that in mind? I mean I I I know that I probably do, but then again at the same time I don't really care. <laughs> I mean, like, you follow me on Facebook, so you know that a lot of the posts that I make are, like, polarizing, mm -hmm. and people are, like, going ham, like, arguing <laughs> in the comments sometimes, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, um, I wasn't really trying to start a, like, a fight, I'm just, like, stating my opinion, so I know, mm -hmm. while I know that there are going to be people who disagree with me, I don't really care, because I'm just going to say how I feel regardless. Yeah. And, that's, and that's, that's one of the awesome, like, with you, oh, man, with Leah. Yeah. Yeah, Leah's awesome. Man. I'm a... I'm gonna say this because she's gonna hear it anyway. Uh, there, was, <laughs> there was an incident where she said something in class, and the teacher was like, "Oh, like I," because <laughs> she's so blatantly honest yeah. and straightforward. Yeah, and that takes a, a great sense of boldness, it takes a background, a backbone, and it takes thickened skin. Yeah, skin that I didn't grow until I left college. Yeah. Like I, man, I was. I was such a punk. Like <laughs> Me back too. In, man, I was such a punk. I feel like you have to you have to like grow into that. Yeah. And um I I see that and I've seen that in you for the last few years. Yeah. And I was like, because I know that a lot of people see what you do and hear what you write. So, man, I, I wish I could, I wish I had the boldness and the courage. Go for it. To do that. And for me, I realized that with writing, I don't mind being candid. Yeah. And especially over the last few years. So seeing you do what you do, I'm like, yo, I know that by me being as candid as I am is a good thing because it yeah. changes people's lives. Yes. And it exposes them to things that they didn't know before. Yeah, like I've had, um, I've had, I don't, well, I'll say, I've had white friends who like originally thought had like really, I don't know if they knew they were racist or if they if that's like just what they grew up believing. Yeah. But they would like post things on Facebook and then I would comment and um, it would like turn into like discourse and sometimes it would get a little bit heated. And I, I know that people are sometimes afraid of like hurting someone else's feelings or like, I don't know, I guess hurting someone else's feelings. But over time I've seen that person's attitudes toward race relations and race in general change. And they've gone from being a person who had like really messed up views to a person who can understand why the Black Lives Matter movement is important, that racism is still a thing and we don't live in a post-racial society and mm -hmm. you know like how like the government and the system is like strategically set up so that it benefits people um, as far as white privilege goes and that mm -hmm. we're still being oppressed even though you know it's not like in the 60s and well it's kind of it might as well be right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the sad part yeah. because a lot of what they did back then, they literally died so that whatever was going on would discontinue. 
Yeah. And we have progressed in many ways. Yeah. But if they were here now, I believe they would be pissed. Yeah. Me too. Because um, it's the lack of trying to understand and not listening. I think that's, that's the, the thing that gets problem. me the most frustrated too. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I don't know. I don't. I feel like I come across as really like almost militant in some of my posts, or like I'm like self-righteous even maybe. Mm -hmm. But I'm, I'm not trying to be like, oh, my opinion's the only one that matters. I just want people to understand that there's still injustice going on and it needs to be addressed or it's always going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, um, and I'll go ahead and do a plug here now. In the next maybe few weeks, um, Crystal and two other women will be involved in a yes. roundtable uh, discussion about womanhood. Yes, I'm and, excited um, for that too. I really, and the title of it is uh, Shut Up and Listen. Oh. Um, because I really thought that we as men, that's what we need to do. Because yeah. it's so easy, and I'm learning this about myself. Whenever something like recent events uh, transpire, I'm like, but I don't. <laughs> that's the thing. That's our initial response. Yeah. We get de defensive. Yeah. And But most women are saying, no, that's not the point. Just, just listen. Yeah, just and listen. I, I understand how, like, you would be defensive if you feel like uh, the statement is like extremely general and you feel personally attacked by it. Yeah. So I don't really, I'm not really a person who wouldn't, if you have a different opinion, I wouldn't be like, well, don't talk at all. Just listen to what I'm saying. Cause I yeah. feel like if you're listening to my side, I should be able to listen to your side too, but we should still be able to understand like, you see, you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like women are women are more oppressed than men in terms of like sexism misogyny war which is like sexism that's um generally related to that's only specifically related to black women yeah but i feel like it needs to be a dialogue and not just us um talking <laughs> that yeah. makes sense exactly. like an inter uh, exchanging yes yes yeah. because people are more apt to listen to what you're saying if you also listen to what they're saying even if they're wrong <laughs> yeah that was an evil laugh <laughs> um it was pretty good. Yeah. So that's pretty good. Like I like I like that. Thank I like, you. I, like, I, don't, I don't think I have it. one. Really? Like, have you ever tried? Um, I might have done it by mistake. <laughs> like something something was so jacked up that I laughed. And it was like, like it was like it's one of those things. Like I can't believe like this is happening. Like uh, it was yeah. one of those laughs. That sounds more like a depressed laugh. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I I guess because I heard myself and I'm like, wow, this is sad. <laughs> Why am I laughing? <laughs> But if I had if I had anybody's laugh, it would be the Joker's. I love this oh, laugh God. so much. That's oh, scary. Man. That's like nightmare stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but that was pretty good. <laughs> Thank pretty you. Good. Um, but uh, but yeah, we'll be uh, having that discussion in um, in January because um, the reason and this was before it was an incident that happened. But I'll talk to you about that later because mm -hmm. you might have seen it. Um, but it was just it just opened my eyes to a lot of things, and I think that. Um, that dialogue needs to be given amongst three people and put in a situation where you all are actually just saying, oh, this is the experience that I have. Yeah. And this is, what I, this is my viewpoint on it. Yeah. And what better person to ask than women who actually experience it. Yeah. Um, but um, along with your writing, I was just thinking while I was driving up here, there was one piece you did that was so heavy. It actually got recently published in the uh, Sand Hills magazine. Mm -hmm. I think it's, uh, and I might quote it wrong, it's Isaac's Letter to Jacob. Is that right? 
Isaac's letter to Abraham. Abraham. Yes. yes. <laughs> Isaac's letter to Abraham. Yes. And was it um? I think it was put in a reverse manner where one person whom you automatically think is the bravest is actually the other one yeah. who's actually being sacrificed. Is that yeah. right? And nobody would ever think of that. Right. Because oh, well. he's just a child. <laughs> you know, like, of course, this is your father's just doing what God told him to do. Right. But it's actually for that child to be there and to be that close only for God to say, well, since you listened to me, now I'll bless you. Right. But nobody would have thought of i never would have thought to look at it from that perspective yeah and that's that's that was that's very heavy and i love stuff like that really makes because it, it it it's not like intentionally trying to stab you right but you can't walk away from something like that lighthearted. yeah so it's pieces like that and your pieces about um it was about a bullet yeah that was from a personal experience remember i told you yeah yeah man that and it's it's uh, opportunities that I've had as a reader coming across pieces of people from people that sit like maybe a desk away from me. That was that has always been a privilege. Like your work, Leah's. Um, well, yours is awesome too, though. But that's just I've always been. Well, thank you. <laughs> I need to take the compliment. <laughs> but uh, it's just it's been always been a privilege uh, reading you all's work. Thank you. And uh, no problem. And it's it's very influential. But I just. Cause it's so funny because <laughs> your life from what i see is is always always very comical <laughs> very entertaining and then you drop that bomb like that and i'm like dang so if you have this this versatile versatility yeah. about you yeah i've um it's funny you say that because i've had people say like based on my personality when they first meet me that i'm ditzy and i'm like because I'm bubbly, I gotta be ditzy too. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I can see that. Cause that, <laughs> it's funny because like like Phoebe from Friends. Phoebe, I never watched Friends. Don't kill me. Oh no, this um, it's one of it's one of my favorite shows because I can, I know somebody of all the Friends, Rachel Ross, all of them that I know <laughs> Am personally. Am I Phoebe? Yeah. And I'm gonna have to look at Phoebe now. <laughs> <laughs> but see, the funny thing was Phoebe was smart. Okay. But. Not saying that you lack it, but sometimes Phoebe <laughs> lacked common sense. Okay. And she would do things that were, people thought it was weird. Okay. But it made sense to her and it meant a lot to her. <laughs> so, <laughs> so all her Sounds friends. Sounds like Phoebe needs to get her shit together. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever look her up and like watch maybe an episode. Yeah. It's, you'd be like, hmm, she's, okay. Like she, she believed that one of her relatives was reincarnated in a cat that she had. Oh my God. And she really thought that. I mean, cats are evil, so I can see how they might be possessed. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, to her friends who were like, that can't, that's not, and they were like hitting them like, that. this, be quiet. This, <laughs> this, is, this is our friend, so. Oh my God. So, but it was something that she said that really hit one of her friends. Like, so, and it was just, it made you, think that she's just not somebody that you know off the surface like yeah. there layers to her yeah so uh but yeah like your work it's it's always been a, a privilege to uh to read thank you so i'm i'm anticipating more like like i'm always in oh because um, i know uh leah leah has a book i haven't read it yet i uh, need to read it too and um Actually, we have to buy it. I think she has the only copy. We have uh -oh. to buy it offline. 
I'm down. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> um, I guess I'll go to your next question. Okay. You might have already touched base on it. I'm not yeah. sure. But what are you, out of everything in your life, what are you most passionate about? Ooh. I, I'm super passionate, so I don't know that I can pick one thing, but I can say, like, five things. Is that okay? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm passionate about um, championing for equity for marginalized groups. I kind of already talked about that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm passionate about saying no to people. Um, I'm passionate <laughs> about... <laughs> for those of you who are listening, that is very important. It is. It very really important. is. It took me a long time to learn that lesson. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm passionate about food and eating but i feel like that's everybody who loves themselves right yeah (laughs) (laughs) um i'm passionate about dogs i love dogs every time i see a dog i'm like doggy (laughs) they're like angels on earth (laughs) man they uh they have this i don't know like i feel like they were given a specific assignment is it to make us happy yeah, and yeah. it's like, but they're different. They have different personalities. Oh, yeah, completely. And I was like, wow. And I I used to like the dog that my mom has. Whenever I go over, she uh, she was always happy to see me. No. But there are some days I'm tired, and she's small. <laughs> so if I'm carrying something, I can't see her. Oh. So <laughs> I'm walking here. And I stepped on it. Oh like, my god! And I'm like, and I get like what, a, like a parent getting mad at a child. And I'm like, just move. I don't want to step on you. Move. Oh. But my mom made a good point. She said, her life's purpose is to be excited every time she sees you. Like oh my it never, god. it never changes. Okay, mom, so deep. That was deep. <laughs> and I was like, so you need to just go ahead and accept that oh. because that's. You can't get upset with her all the time, but yeah, that's that's her. Happy. Yeah, <laughs> and um, but somebody told us. Well, somebody said that the the excitement that a dog gets is the equivalent to what we feel when we are in the presence of somebody that we really love. I can definitely see that. And I and and I can see that <laughs> when whenever she comes up and her tail is like yeah. wagging and aggressively, and she just she gets to the point sometimes you, like some dogs get so excited they use the bathroom never seen that happen oh man <laughs> it's I, my uh my girlfriend's dog sister's dog for a while every time she got she she started squatting you just knew it was about that was she a puppy or no she was a. she's a pit bull oh i have she a was pit big mix. oh well, yeah, they get huge. Yeah, and I was like, she's only a couple of months. I'm like, a couple of months. Oh yeah, she was a. Yeah, mm-hmm. but she she thinks she's a, like a small dog, but she's not. I feel like all dogs think they're small dogs. My <laughs> dog will like get on my head if I let him, and he's not a small dog. He'll just like climb right up on my shoulder and sit on my head. I'm like, bruh, I'm kind of down here living. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> wow. Um, well, there has every. So what what strikes your. Uh, your chords as far as what is it something that would really cause you to make a move as but far as something that you find offensive something that i find offensive um like there's a lot of stuff going on in the news yeah. causing people to get involved in certain aspects of activism but what is it that really for me it's you? between racial inequality and um uh violence or like just general misogyny against women mm-hmm. those are the two most annoying things for me <laughs> i guess because i am a black woman so i know what it's like to um grow up as a woman in society mm-hmm. and there's like 
<sighs> one of the most annoying things to me is like this stigmatization of like female sexuality. Yeah. Like there's the duality um, of being a woman where you're expected to be like pure and chaste and if you do this, you're a hoe. If you dress like this, you're a hoe. If you talk like this, you're a hoe. But at the same time, you're also constantly pressured to be a sexual being. So it's kind of like, you know, you can't win. You're like trapped in the middle. Yeah. And there's also still people who believe stupid things like, well, like I, I have a um, friend, <laughs> more like an associate, who, will, who really said to me one time, and he's married, and he was mm -hmm. like, um, what I say goes because I'm the husband, so my wife can give her opinion, but since I'm the man, I have the final say, and that shit's just ridiculous to me. And he's also like extra Christian, and people like that sometimes use like what's in the Bible to back up the way they they feel. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. I know somebody like that. Oh, do you? Yeah. Is it the same person I'm talking about? No. Okay. Mm. Wait, do you know who I'm talking about? Mm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea, unfortunately. Okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, um, it's funny you said that because are you familiar with uh, Miles Monroe? He the was, name sounds familiar. He was the uh, he was a, a famous pastor. He was a famous black pastor. I think from I think I forgot where he's from because he still had his accent. Mm. Um, he him I think it was him and his wife. Well, he he died in a plane crash. Oh, and it was just all of a sudden, obviously, because nobody really expected it. Yeah, but. He said something during a sermon that really changed my whole perspective. What was it? They said that obviously they, a lot of people are given the misconception that the man is supposed to be the head of the household, which will place him at the top. Yeah. And honestly, he's supposed to be at the bottom because he's supposed to set the foundation of mm. which everything builds up from. Mm. So it causes a man to actually have to put his ego to the side and realize that not every decision that's going to be made is going to be solely you when you have your wife that your wife come, came from your side yeah. for a reason not your front not your back but from your side yeah. because with, with, every, with every step you take so does she and I used to think that for a while but not to that extreme good yeah because <laughs> I and I realized yeah. listening like a lot of women has spoken more into my life than men really and because I, I grew up with nothing but women same so I know what strength looks like, not just because you're a woman, but you're a person. Yeah. So in my mind, I'm thinking if a woman can do this, there's no reason why I can't mm. as far as taking initiatives yeah. and having a, a backbone, being assertive. Yeah. Without, but if you all do it, obviously you come off as... It's, it's yeah. a negative connotation. Yeah. yeah. And it's not right. For you to yeah, be—that's correct. <laughs> for you, because you're if you're confident for a reason, because you have experience, you have wisdom, you have all these credentials that you obviously earned. Yeah. But because you are a woman, no, she shouldn't be able to do this or, or say that. Yeah. Um, watching a, she's got to have it. I Netflix. haven't seen it, but oh. somebody told me I look just like the lead girl, so now I have to go watch it. Yeah. And you see it too? Yeah, and especially in the eyes, because she, uh, she's an artist. Oh, like and, a painter? Or? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Uh, and that's how she lives her life. Like, she paints. Like, it's good. Uh. Like, very well. And she teaches okay. sometimes. Oh, those yeah. are my life goals. <laughs> <laughs> so, but she has, obviously, I hope I'm not spoiling anything. Well, actually, I'm not spoiling anything because it's obviously a remake of uh, Spike Lee, one of Spike Lee's movies. Never seen that. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was, uh, I tried to watch it years ago, uh. but 
No, I guess we can talk about this. Okay. This is a view, but yeah. I was sort of, we were sort of fucking up. was sort of sheltered when I was little, so there were certain Me things. Me too. And there were certain things I couldn't watch. Extra Christian household? Pretty much. Same. I think the only thing we did, well, like, like my mom loved Anita Baker. Okay. And that's how I got introduced to her. My mom wouldn't even let me really? listen to like, I don't know, um, the Space Jam soundtrack. Like I oh, could only wow. listen to straight gospel growing oh, up. My <laughs> yeah. That was so, that's not even... PG third that's G. Right. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I was extra sheltered. And that's and so when I wanted wanted to watch it, it just they had sex scenes in it. You know, yeah. you know Spike Lee. So yeah. I couldn't watch it. Yeah. So I was like, well, I know what that's about. But then he they remade it on Netflix, made it more modern. Uh, yeah. And she there was one scene in there, one episode. It's called the the black dress, mm-hmm. uh, which would be. Uh, or question I asked all three of you what that means to you because at this moment she has she has three boyfriends. What? Yeah. Do they know about each other? Wait, don't spoil me. Okay. Don't spoil me. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, and they're all and why she will explain why she has three of them and it makes sad no reason. <laughs> but it, unfortunately, it made it made unfortunate sense. Her yeah. logic behind it. She needs to. She needs to do something. She needs Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and but, but the thing was, she uh, dang, we, time is ticking. Oh, is it? Yeah. Well, we we. I'm gonna tell you this, and then we we'll move on. <laughs> okay. But she wore a black dress. Okay. But none none of them understood why she wore it. Now she has a psychologist that she goes to, and the psychologist was like, "Well, you know, do something for yourself. Go buy go buy a black dress." Oh. And so she went out and she bought a. I think it was five hundred dollar. Oh my god! Black dress. Baller. And she wore it, and she got different responses from all three of the men. This sounds pretty interesting, actually. And she like, she got upset. Oh. Because he was like, cause even I was like, dang, they don't get it. And she was like, I'm doing this for myself. Mm. Yeah. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying yes. to draw any attention. I'm yes. not trying to look extremely. I'm doing this for myself. Yeah. But. I'm, to you all, I'm wearing something that's highly provocative, but that's gonna um, make you look bad. Yeah. But I was like, I never would have thought of it that way if they wouldn't have illustrated it in that that show. Yeah, that's pretty so. good. Yeah, I feel like everything um, that women do almost is like extremely sexualized. Like somebody told me the other day that if a girl wears a choker, it's because she likes rough sex. I was like, <laughs> it's just a necklace, but okay. Like yeah. I don't understand how people get all these crazy. I just don't get it. And some people say I dress provocatively too, but first of all, I just wear what I think is cute. Mm-hmm. And second of all, I just wear what I think is cute. I'm not like doing <laughs> it to get. I'm not like doing it to get attention or to make people look at me. Yeah. Yeah. It's just what I like to wear. And I realize that you can't fault women who have um, certain physicality yeah. that is beyond average. Yeah. Where it's obvious, there are obvious curves. And it is so easy for them to say, well, she's dressing provocative. But then she has to ask herself, well, what can I wear then? Because right. I don't want to wear loose clothing. Right. I don't want to wear something that's too big. I want something that's form-fitting. Yeah. And, but you don't want to wear anything that will draw too much attention. And I, funny how by a woman being herself, everything's uh, perverted. Yeah. 
But that's not the that's not your intent. Right, it's definitely not my intention. I get so annoyed when dudes try to holler at me. Like I know they don't already know that I have a boyfriend before they walk up, but I mm-hmm. kind of just want them to be psychic and already know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what you were saying, um, that that feeds into like rape culture. Mm-hmm. Um, when when people are like uh, women come forward about being raped and people are like, oh well, what were you wearing? Or oh, she must have been asking for it. Where people will say stuff like, well, if she was dressed like that, then how could he be expected to control himself or some stupid shit like that? And it's like, men aren't like brainless animals who only yeah. run off instinct and desire and like primal shit running around beating their chest and stuff. Like, you guys can actually take responsibility for your actions and, and act like decent human beings. And, I, and unfortunately, that's, that's the problem that we have. Yeah. Most of us think that we can't. Oh, but, we can. but why though? That's why I said like dialogue is important because I don't understand like why. I don't. I don't know. I guess it's uh, because most of us are, are are predisposed to the idea that we can't control. Like that's our primal need. So it it's has like the to socialization of like constantly being told that you can't control it that makes you think, oh well, I'm not expected to control it, so I might as well not. Yeah, cause like like I'm a man. I'm not. I'm supposed to keep putting notches, many notches in my belt as uh, possibly can. Or uh, this is like this this desire that I have I have to feed it. Uh, like I, and why would she dread? Like if you if I go into a restaurant and you know that I'm trying to avoid meat, why would you give me a nice steak? Gotcha. And 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 I'm like, but if you go into a restaurant, you know that my restaurants have options. Right. You can choose to get something. Oh, just not go into the restaurant. Right. That's something that you have to choose <laughs> on your own. Yes. And it's just like just like a strip club. Yeah. If you know that you are more likely to be uh, tempted by seeing somebody naked, why would you go into a strip club? That woman is basically doing her job. That's what I'm saying. But you can either choose to go in there or not. Right. Like, I think accountability is definitely what's missing when it comes to stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's what, that's the, an aspect of the argument is that a lot of us aren't taking accountability. And we're automatically blaming uh, the woman. Yeah. For, uh, <coughs> dress in a certain way and that's not true I, I totally I, I can I would disagree with that it's not it's not what you're wearing it's how we perceive <coughs> what you're wearing yeah. because it's it's subjective exactly. for us but obviously from that you all become objectified which is not right yeah but there's and that's one of the one things that I enjoy about you is the concept of freedom mm. female freedom yeah and it's it's not something that's that we can add it's something that you all have on your own yeah. and i think it's if we remove our own opinions and our misogynistic point of views yeah we can appreciate your freedom for what it for what it really is yeah and it took me a long time to get to this point um too because like i said i was raised in a really strict christian um, religious household like I couldn't even wear like sleeveless shirts when I was a teenager wow. <laughs> yeah my mom would basically be like your bare flesh is exposed harlot and I had to like go back and change <laughs> and so it's, and like the older I got the more I started not necessarily veering away from like every single uh, facet of the traditional Christian values mm-hmm. but some of the things I'm like kind of looking at them more in context and realizing that they were kind of like informed by the um, society at the time period as well as like like I sometimes I I have a difficult time like I'm at a point in um, trying to figure out my religious views where I'm trying to see like which part of the Bible is like you know 
absolutely legit and which part is just people essentially putting things in, in God's mouth, so to speak. Yeah. Like I know we're supposed to think of the Bible as like 100%, you know, God's word or holy or chaste or stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But I have a really difficult time believing that God would like condone slavery because there's things about slavery in the Bible or mm -hmm. that God would like condone misogyny or even things like homophobia yeah. that are in the Bible too. So I'm kind of like at a transition period in my life where I'm still sorting out my my specific religious views, but it's definitely changed like how I present myself as a person. Like I have tattoos and like I said, I dress however I want. And those are things that I would have never, like teenage me would have never thought that I would grow up to be a person who does those kind of things just because of the views that I was raised to have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's, and that's, and I think that ties into the problem that I'm starting to have with social media. Mm people taking things out of context. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why a lot of people quote the Bible because yes. they use one verse, but they don't pay attention to what's said before or after. That's exactly how to. I feel too. So um, I think um, I, the problem with God's, with the gospel is us. Yeah, I agree. We're the, we're the imperfect aspect of it. Yeah. And when we add what we want it to say, right. it just gets all screwed up. Yeah, but it's impossible to read anything without um, like bias behind it because everybody's going to bring like their own opinions and their own experiences to a text. So I think mm -hmm. that also makes everything a little bit more difficult. Yeah. So let me ask you: Do you you own Snapchat, right? Yeah. Why do you do you prefer Snapchat opposed to Instagram and Facebook? Yes. Why? Why is that? Well, I hate the camera on Instagram, so that's like a petty <laughs> reason <laughs> why I don't like Instagram. Um, <laughs> And I like Facebook is my second favorite um, uh, social media platform, but Snapchat, I can just like take videos all day, whatever I'm doing, I can just snap it right then and it's not annoying because everybody's doing it. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like if I'm posting like back to back to back to back to back on Facebook, it gets a little bit, people are like, why are you all over the timeline, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so Snapchat's just like free. <laughs> and it's funny because I asked a friend why he uses Snapchat and he said, no judgment. Oh, I don't know about that, but... Because <laughs> <laughs> apparently, he, I guess whatever he puts stuff on Facebook, he got like a lot of uh, backlash from friends, mm. just random people. But he said he, he likes, he enjoys Snapchat a lot more because he can just be himself. I think that's oh. the general, that's the general thing for him. Oh. So he can actually just be himself. Because he's, he's very expressive. And, <laughs> and that's that's entertaining to see. Yeah. And it's uh it's empowering. Yeah. And I love I think maybe the problem that a lot of people may have is they can't do that or they don't feel comfortable with doing that. So when they see somebody else doing it, oh like, that's wrong, that's yeah. that's not right. But you can't fault anybody for having the confidence that they have. Right? I don't want to police anybody. That's why I find it really annoying when people try to police others. <laughs> I don't I, I don't I don't get it. Get it. Um, I was gonna ask you another question. I forgot what it was. Oh yeah, oh, we have what ten minutes? Oh really? Yeah. So it's been by fast. Yeah, it did. Uh, I'm gonna ask you two questions before okay. we can cover it. Uh, what got you into singing? Oh my God! So music was really important in my family from pretty much when I was born. Like I said, my mom wouldn't let me listen to anything but gospel music, but she would mm -hmm. always play tapes in the car. Yeah. It would be like John P. Key. Um, Donnie McClurkin, Yolanda Adams, like the classic gospel legends or whatever. Yeah. And I would like sing along to the music and um, like mimic the runs and riffs or whatever. Mm -hmm. 
But there was this one particular time, it was during Christmas, and that was the only time when she wouldn't make us listen to straight gospel. Because she, <laughs> she would take off the gospel music and put on Christmas music all day, every day, like all through the whole month of December. Yeah. That's why I do the same thing now still. Mm -hmm. And we were um, in her room listening to the Mariah Carey Christmas album, and I think it was Silent, um, I think it was Silent Night, and it's the part when she's like, Oh, Jesus, Lord, at thy birth, sleep in heavenly, heavenly peace. And my mom shut off the radio, and I kept singing, yeah. and she was like, What? I didn't know you could <laughs> sing like that. And I was four, so I was just like, uh, Yeah. Wow. And then the next, like the next Sunday, she made me lead devotion in front of the whole church, <laughs> and I've been singing like ever since then. But wow. I just like like this year, I just developed the confidence to like go out and actually audition for music related stuff. Like I mm -hmm. auditioned for um, Belle and Beauty and the Beast, and I auditioned for American Idol. And you you heard yeah, that podcast? That was, so. that was that was pretty. Fun. That was intense. Like I was not ready <laughs> for that at all. I thought it was going to be completely different. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but how long? How long did that actually, all of that take for your audition for uh, American Idol? It um, took you all day? Hell yes, because, okay, first of all, we were, wait, did I say in the podcast that we were late? Yeah. We were late. Yeah. So by the time we got there, the line was like out like tomorrow. So I was wow. like, man, I'm not even going to get seen. And it was like 5 million degrees outside. And I'm like wearing a wig and my face is like extra beat. So I just had like sweat dripping <laughs> down everywhere. And I had an umbrella, but you know, it was still hot. Yeah. So I probably baked for like five hours. And then I finally got to audition. Wow. <laughs> yeah. How long was the actual audition again? Like a couple of seconds? Or? A couple seconds. It was like we were all in um, groups of fours. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And so, like, four people would move up to the judges' tent, and then they would have us audition one by one and sing, like, 90 seconds of a song. Yeah. And then they would just pick somebody out of the group to go through. So did anybody get picked from yours? Yeah, it was a country singer. Wow. I was like, I got beat by a dude who probably, like, touches cow titties every other day. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe this. <laughs> wow. Yeah. He had a guitar too, so I think that kind of gave him an edge. Because yeah. even I was like kind of rocking low key, but I didn't want to get too into it because yeah. I didn't want to give him a boost. Uh, you know, he, he was he was jamming, so I was like, hmm. But I still think I sounded better though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course you do. Um, that's Thanks. weird, and that, and I guess a lot of people don't give themselves credit for trying. Yeah. I like to to have enough confidence and self push to even get to that point. Yeah, that's what I told myself after I felt like a failure. <laughs> a lot of people wouldn't have done that. True. A lot of people wouldn't have gone through all that trouble despite setbacks. So, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm here. This is what I'm here to do. This is what I enjoy doing. Yeah. So regardless of what happens, this is what I've, this is what I've done. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely had that feeling after I got finished. And I was super nervous, like, the whole time until, like, right up when I got to sing. And then I was like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> So I'm, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad. that it, I thought it was pretty cool to know someone who actually Thank went, you. went through the process. It would have been cooler if I actually got on the show, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you would have. Uh, that would have been fun. It would. Yeah. I would have quit. had to quit my job and everything. That would have been great because at that time I was working a really terrible job. So I was like super excited to get off for a day and like not have to worry about going into work. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess I'll ask you the last question, and I guess it will lead into probably something else for the next five minutes. Okay. But uh, I asked you if you had a choice to choose uh, yes. between two of our, uh, probably the world's best uh, artists, yes. vocalists, entertainers ever, 
Yes. Um, between uh, Mariah Carey and Beyonce. Yes. First of all, I want to congratulate you for putting Beyonce in that category. Because people <laughs> be hating on Beyonce, and I'm like, but who's better than her though? Because I was. For real? Because I, 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 she's everywhere. She, you know, and that's, and she's like literally taking over music because she's just that good and you know what and somebody had to point out to me you're like you you can't knock her i'm not saying like she's hustling like she can't do it yeah but you can't knock what she does right like she like everything encompassed in her brand you know right? like that's 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 not easy work it's not it's not and being a black woman yes and having to and you know experience what she went through with jay-z like yes I, and having to be on the forefront of the media and have to keep up a certain persona right that's 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 difficult she's amazing <laughs> yeah so it's just it's so many layers to her along with just right. her, her flawless vocal skills that's I mean, what that's, i'm saying you can't you can't deny it yeah so i, I do want to say that mariah carey has okay 90s mariah carey yeah that's where everybody's saying <laughs> it's like like big luther and little luther is different right <laughs> 90s Mariah Carey has like the best voice of probably like all time. Like she was better than Whitney Houston to me, just because mm -hmm. she had the crazy range. Yeah. But like as an overall artist, I would definitely pick Beyonce. Cause she's a feminist, she's a mother, she's a humanitarian, she is a social justice advocate. She's beautiful, she's talented, she has drive, she has ambition. It's like, she's basically perfect. Like, how'd she do it? Yeah. Nobody yeah. knows. And she has a, uh, I'm learning that most vocalists that I like have low registers as yes. far as voices. Yeah, she can get down there, but then she can also go up too. Yeah, yeah. and uh, like, uh, like, like like Tony Braxton, she has a natural deep voice. Do you think yeah. I am? It's <laughs> <laughs> my Tony Braxton impersonation. Man, and, and I ain't gonna lie, that's something she was saying. I'm like, what's she saying? <laughs> but it sounds so good. Yeah. Um, uh, of course, my favorite, Anita Baker, like her voice is it is some this what's her name uh jasmine sullivan here yeah oh man yeah she she did uh, uh alice no 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 uh wizard of oz when she, when she was, was a like a yeah. fetus yeah <gasps> and she killed it right she i was like how do you it. sing like that and you're like two years old <laughs> man, i think i think she, obviously she's underrated oh definitely because she she man her and uh brandy when they do Brandy's been underrated, but her her runs are crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, who else? I think that's it. But they have natural and Monica. Like yeah, she, Monica's good too. Like they have natural, like somewhat natural raspy voices. Some of them do. I love raspy voices too. But for you to be able to, <coughs> like uh, Beyonce, like her range is just you can't put it in a box. Right. And that's uh, that is a skill in itself because you. Being a vocalist and a songwriter is pretty cool, yeah. but I think a lot of people downplay, which I did for a while, <laughs> the just being an artist yeah. and just being able to sing period because that is a that is a uh, is a skill and it's like a sport because it's a muscle you have to constantly work at yeah. to perfect and it's not just something you can wake up and do. Yeah, and not only is she like vocally slaying, she's also like an amazing performer and she's yeah. singing live at the same time while she's like, you know. It's crazy. Like I saw her live last year in Atlanta, and it was like a religious life-changing experience. Really? <laughs> yeah. What were your what, what, what were your seats? Like what were you seated? Um, I was like up at the top, but the way she had her stage set up, it was it had like a giant. I can't really describe it. Like a, a block in the middle with like yeah. a big screen, so it was basically like you were right down there in the front too, because you could really see like everything. Wow. 
No, it wasn't like a TV screen. It was just like a big <laughs> block. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, so that was the first time you've ever seen us perform live? Yeah, but hopefully it won't be the last time. I wanted to get tickets to Coachella, but then she got pregnant and dropped out, so I was like, well, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, who, who else would you see now? Any artists Ooh. that's out? Um... I like Drake. <laughs> Ooh. What's wrong with Drake? Oh is it because he's light skinned? Extra light skinned? Uh, no, nah, it's just. Popularity. Oh, I, I like, are you like, you just don't like people who are like overrated? Yeah, but, yeah. Like, who's your favorite rapper? Common. Common, okay, yeah. Like, he's. He's basically, he's like underground. He's basically like. Under the earth's crust, like he's so in the ground. <laughs> but I ain't gonna lie though. I ain't gonna lie. That's some things like Big Sean's wordplay is 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 pretty nice. I like I like some of his lyrics. I like Big Sean, but he annoys me because he's not big. Like he's just changed his name to Medium Sean <laughs> or something like that. Somebody who annoys me is Lil Wayne. He because he. All right, there's a song on "Tell Me You Love Me." Where oh, he's, yes, and he's and he's like he's, you can barely hear what he's saying. Yeah, they rap right there. Yeah, I'm like, dude, man. His wordplay is sick too. Though. It is. Yeah. He did a, a, a freestyle to uh, show me what you got. Mm. Jay Z's show me. You ever I think heard I might, it? I think I might have. Yeah. Man, I was like, yeah, he, he's you crazy. You have my attention. Yeah, he was in the gifted program, isn't that wild? Yeah, he was a psychology major. What? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Wow, but why was, why does he, uh, why does he seem to get a lot of backlash? Just because of his image, or I don't actually know, because he's like the, he's like a typical rapper, yeah, like everybody else. So I don't know. Yeah. Well, who would, who would you, who's your favorite rapper? Oh. Hmm. Probably Young Thug still. It's between Young Thug and Drake. Why are you looking at me like that? I was like, oh yeah, I was. You know who Young Thug is? Hold up. Yes. Skirt, skirt. That guy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy? You don't know Young Thug is? I'm trying to put it after old. That's oh my, my best friend. That's my best friend. You never heard that song before? Yeah. Okay, that's him. That's him? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> dang, I feel old. I heard... You know who Uzi is? Mm. Okay. I was going to say he looks like a human-sized version of Lil Uzi Bird. Lil Uzi Vert is like, <laughs> Lil Uzi Vert is like, I don't know, Polly Pocket sized. Oh, man, <laughs> I heard of, look at, what's it, look at me, look at me now by, I think that's the name of the song, by Triple X, X, oh, 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 what's I, his name? I, I call him X Triple X Tentacle because I don't know what his name is either. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, he, his song was very interesting because the first two minutes, He's just rapping like any typical rapper does. Yeah. And he's like wreaking havoc in the classroom. And I'm like, uh. <laughs> But all of a sudden, the song changes and he gets dark. Yeah, he does that a lot. Have I, you seen how he looks? Yeah. He looks like he's possessed. <laughs> yeah. He's actually up for uh, charges right now. Yeah, I and, know. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, dang, dude. Yeah. But it's depressing because his music is like really innovating, but he's a shitty person, so it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> <laughs> now, I actually saw a video of him with his friends, uh -huh. with stacks, going to buy shoes. 
And like they were like it was like stacks of money and you're like, Man, we about to go ahead and buy some shoes and all that stuff and he was I'm like, Why? Like he spent like a thousand dollars on some shoes. Not gonna they, lie, those are life goals. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to be able to do that. <laughs> I'm like, dude, like, bro, what you doing, man? But He's living, living his best life. But, and I think that's, um, and I say this before we end, I think that's the problem with a lot of us from the outside. We see that, and like, that's a destructive life. But I say, I, I bet you every single morning they wake up, they happy. I'm sure they are. And they live in their life to the fullest, even yes. if they are making mistakes. But they're, they're like, you know what? I enjoy making this mistake. I'm not condoning making them. <laughs> but they... Yeah, let's not you, do that. <laughs> you can't house somebody for being happy. Right. Just because you're not. And you right. think, and you're doing what... I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. But I'm like, well, they're, they're taking chances. Yeah, I hate when people tell um, others what to do with their money, too. Like, if I want to buy 500 Big Macs with my paycheck, I can do that because it's my paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> then when you get to that adult age, you're like, if I want to do this, if I want to buy, if I want to pay six hundred dollars on some shoes, yeah, or I can a dress, do it. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna live like Carrie Bradshaw. I'm not at that point yet, but I'm definitely trying to get there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, like when I was watching, uh, and that was another. My sister went overseas. Oh, where? Um, where she went? Like Italy or somewhere. Oh, cool! Like, I've been to Europe, but it was Spain. And um, did you like it? Um, I would move there if I could, like right this instant. I I've, I need to get my passport. Please I do. Go over there so bad. Spain is amazing. You should go to Barcelona and Madrid. So what are you? Uh, how, how far back was that when you went? Uh, 2014. I I finished out my minor there because my mm -hmm. minor's in Spanish. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. I went to university for four weeks, and then for like the other two weeks, we just traveled around and stayed like a couple days in like four different cities maybe mm -hmm. it was amazing it was a really big culture shock too though i bet it was yeah like their food over there is really disgusting like, <laughs> <laughs> their meat is really red and if you send it back and ask them to make it they like, feel offended yeah and then like well if i cook it more it's gonna lose the flavor and i'm like well if i eat it like this i'm gonna get salmonella so who's really <laughs> who's really having it worse here <laughs> yeah. oh man i've always wanted to go over there and just sit somewhere and take in the environment and just yes. write. Could yeah, you, I wrote a lot over there too. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Do you do you find that it's diff? Do you find it's more difficult, or there's a, obviously a difference in the uh, the atmosphere here opposed to over there as far as finding the motivation to write? Um, or, I feel like since it was like a new experience for me, then the words came easily. Like whenever I have new experiences or things that like directly impact me then I find it really easy to write but I don't know if I like lived over there all my life if I would feel the same way yeah. I feel like since I was just like an outsider coming in and getting all these new experiences that gave me like new new things to write about oh cool Cause that's that's something that I would like to experience that's, yeah. if anything just to just sit down somewhere at a, at a famous scenery that you see in movies yeah. and just just write but actually listen to what's going on and yeah. just take that in. Yeah, the people over there are way different than over here too. Like over there, there's no such thing as personal space. <laughs> like oh, wow. they'll get off on you <laughs> like this. And like the way that like, basically everybody walks everywhere, yeah. in, or at least in Salamanca they did. Mm -hmm. But the people who do drive, 
they don't care if you live or die. Like, well, I, I heard that. Like, you like do not, I, we don't have the right of way when we write. You do not. And well. I didn't know that until it was almost too late. <laughs> I must have got hit at least three times on the while I was on the sidewalk. Wow. Yeah. Like a car brazed you? Yeah, almost, well. almost. I didn't get touched, but wow. I feel it from, I saw my life flash before my eyes. Man. <laughs> Because it looks like, because I've seen, like, movies, and I've seen the like, cars be coming around, and it looks right. like they don't have a They just don't care. Even if you have the green light, like, there were times when I would be in the crosswalk, and the light would be green for me to go. I would just stand, I learned to just stand there and wait until the cars were gone, so I wouldn't die. <laughs> or maybe, because health insurance is better over there. So maybe, like, oh, they'd be all right. They got, well, they, it's free. They're, maybe. Yeah. Maybe that was it. I don't know. <laughs> I think everybody over there is just a serial killer. But, um. It was uh, Sex in the City that I watched like six or seven seasons one summer. Yeah. And I just, for a while, just because I, I thought it could because it came with HBO. HBO was no no. <laughs> for me too. Yeah. So I was like, man. So, but when I was when I was watching it, I got exposed to so many things. It's obviously, it's four different women, four different lifestyles. Yeah. And, but because they would do certain things, the men in their life are like, no, you don't do that because oh. you're a woman. Oh. And like with Carrie Bradshaw, she. That's um, Sarah Jessica Parker. Yes. Sarah Jessica Parker. Is that right? I Sarah think Jessica so. Parker. I think, well, dang. I know her first two names are Sarah and Jessica. I think that's all that matters. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll just go from there. <laughs> yeah. But she, uh, she would buy like expensive shoes and she was a writer. Okay. Oh, and, okay. And a lot of people, like some of her friends that had kids, didn't understand. Like she went to a, a house party uh-huh. and the mom person whose uh, place that was they said well, you know everybody put your shoes over there and come in but when the party was over her shoes were gone oh and she has expensive shoes so she was like where are my shoes well in the moment who's a mom they're, they're well maybe somebody just she was like you know you don't understand these are such and such type of shoes yeah and the woman was like okay <laughs> but they but they meant a lot to her to Sarah Jessica Parker yeah and a lot of people would think like why would you spend that but that's what she wanted yeah. And uh, is it Miranda? The one that the one was always sleeping with, the older one. Do you have like do you have blonde hair? Yeah, she yeah. was the oldest one. I know she who was, she is, but I forgot her name too. But like she was sleeping like with anybody. That, <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a couple episodes. Yeah. But the, the 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 comfort that she felt in just being herself. Yeah. Seeing that in women and a show like that was very. Um, refreshing. Yeah. Have you seen Insecure? Uh, my sister's why I can't. I can't. Watch, I can't get into it. Cause I, like I never tried black it though. It's like the Black Sex in the City though. But I haven't. I haven't tried to watch it yet. I put it there. I will watch it. It's like the Black Sex in the City. Uh, for is it Issa Rae? Yeah, Issa Rae mm-hmm. and Yvonne Orji. I think is her name. Is that her? That plays her best friend. Yes, also? Molly. And she's the one that was. That's a virgin, isn't it? In real life, she is, well, yeah. but on the show, uh, yeah, and she's that's because <laughs> she was talking about that on the Breakfast Club. Yeah, I remember that too. That's wild. Yeah, she actually did a TED talk. I think she did. A TED yeah, talk. I saw yeah. that too. She's like in her thirties, though, right? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty impressive. And I was not, her mom's her parents are from Africa, is that right? Yeah. And uh, she kept talking about how her dad is like, "When are you going to get married?" And she's obviously single. Yeah. And. I guess you all have stigmatism if you're single and at a certain age. <laughs> yeah. and she was basically saying, I just haven't found anybody yet. Yeah. And uh, But I say this for leave. One thing that I've noticed when women I get an interview, they're always asked about their dating life. Ah. 
and about certain things that only most women would be concerned about. Yeah. And it always, it's always good to hear them ask them certain questions that you would normally ask a man. Yeah. And. Are you about to ask me a man question? No, no, no. Oh, I was going to get my man voice ready. <laughs> Let's go. No, no, I ain't going to do that. <laughs> but <laughs> but I'm, just, I'm just learning more and more because it's me growing up with women, you would think, I would think, like, I'm, I think I have a general idea of what women are. It's like, yeah. obviously, no, you just barely scrape the surface. <laughs> but everybody's so different. It's kind of hard to, like, box us in and, like, generalize us. Yeah. Ah! Oh, it's a ladybug! Oh. I thought it was like a creature of Satan. Please don't crawl on my bare flesh. Well, she's taking her time. I'll let her stay for now. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, this is, I really want to thank you so much. Thank you. For the opportunity to interview you. Uh, obviously an hour is never really enough. Yeah, that was really fun though. It went by fast. Yeah. Um, I've always wanted to um, exchange dialogue with with the people that I've actually went to school with because we yeah. never really, we were always, we only, always had our own agendas. We wanted to graduate, meet certain deadlines and whatnot. Yes, that so was we were, my main concern. <laughs> so we were always in our own bubble. Yeah. But uh, now that I've, I've been here and that was almost four years, um, it's good to know that my friends, my classmates, my friends are still writing. Yeah. And because that's usually what our professors ask us when we see them, say, you still writing? I say, yeah. And we've all had years of drought i know i had like a couple of years me too yeah and uh, i'm in a drought now mostly because i don't have time well yeah yeah sorry me too <laughs> <laughs> but uh if you do what are you doing she's something wow she like lifted her leg okay you're doing the most so you have to get off me now <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to kill you i just want you to be gone thank you i think she has a baby oh she just pulled it back in she was lifting her leg or doing something on me. That's why I was like, you gotta oh, well, get up. Oh, maybe she was taking a dump. Maybe. <laughs> she was like, oh, hold on to this. But, um, uh, yes, um, the next time I will see uh, Crystal will be in a couple of weeks. Yes. It, again, it would be the uh, roundtable discussion uh, involving uh, womanhood. Um, I'll just be somebody producing questions and y'all would create a dialogue because all three of you come from different background yeah and that's generally that's generally what i wanted yeah. was for you all to just just be honest be as candid as you possibly can hey be. <laughs> and um <coughs> all three of you are in professions where um it's like 40 years 50 years ago y'all wouldn't have been considered you probably because you, you only make it so far into the corporate world yeah that you were probably only uh limited to like secretary work and but you're you're getting degrees, you're getting more degrees. Um, you're becoming more bolder, taking yeah. more, like I said, taking more initiatives. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's very empowering. And I think you all stories, along with many other women's, if, if not all, needs yeah. to be heard. So yeah. uh, look forward, uh, look for that next month. Uh, again, thank you, Crystal. Thank you for having me. Uh, again, this is uh, episode 18, I almost said the wrong number, <laughs> episode 18 of The Glory in Our Stories with uh, Crystal Valentine. Yes. Bye, y'all.